Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. MLB, we are in the last two weeks, so you know, don't forget to set your TGFBI lineups. Try and grub out a few extra slots. I know I am. Are you looking ahead to any playoff potential surprises? And I guess the main ones are in the NL. I'm going to take it as a foregone conclusion, and this might be a huge jinx, that the Red Sox are going to make it. E- well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Even if they don't, it's like it the... The players, the the players on the chessboard are there, right? We we've known it for a little while here. Oakland could have an outside shot, probably can't do it. New York, in the running. Toronto has already come from behind and is there. They've got a great team, and Boston is just trying to hold on for dear life. So the narrative is already set. But yeah, Reds spoiler, Phillies spoiler. Padres, if they came back and got in, wow, that would be narrative. I think the I think the Padres are extremely unlikely, but I have to say, I would like to see the Cardinals miss the playoffs. <laughs> I would really like to see either the Phillies or the Reds take that spot. Yes, folks, he is a Midwesterner. <laughs> well, this this is funny because you're the one who says that like shouldn't I be pulling for the Reds in this scenario? Oh, you should be. No, that's what I'm saying is that like so much of the Midwest is either for the Cardinals oh. or against the Cardinals. Uh, it's very true. It's very much of a black and black and white, even season to season, I guess, um, you know, depending on how the, the Cubs are doing. So I like that you're very much like mm, Cardinals out, please. <laughs> I, they've had so much historical success. All right. Yeah. No, I would. I would like to see the Reds. I always, I've always had a soft spot for the Reds. I've always had a soft spot for the Phillies. Then they won. Don't yeah. anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Anyway, would you would you care to predict between those three teams who's going to make it? I guess I'm. It's going to be the Cardinals. I, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's going to be the Cardinals. It's going to be the Cardinals. I would like to see it be Red Sox Blue Jays. Oh, that would be fun. I I would like Red Sox Blue Jays. I think another red and blue match. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about something you texted me during the week, which was uh, should we start picking against our NFL teams? And, uh, yeah, obviously we should have this week. Vikings, Giants. I don't know, I don't know whose performance was more embarrassing. <laughs> you tell me. Well, I mean, the Giants, I guess, made progress from last week. They lost embarrassingly in the last couple seconds. Um, and I think that your team is uh, a hot mess. I... <sighs> I don't know what it will take for us to get rid of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. He's, he's still the problem. Yeah. It's time for something new. Like, I yeah. uh, I mean, I understand we lost the game on a kick, but I'm just I'm just so over the the importance, the like the important things being on a kicker. 
Like I've been over that. Why? I've been Why over that since be? 1999. <laughs> you know? Why should it be? Yeah. yeah. Like it should not be on a kicker to hit what I, you know, is a, is a, a reasonable kick, but like these things happen. No. And I, I thought that this was supposed to be a defensive team. I thought we were supposed to be like an okay team. No, 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 no. I it just, no, I'm just saying, I, like, I don't understand in some ways the offense put up 33 points. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the defense scored any of those. I can't actually remember. I thought that the team was supposed to be, I mean, with the defensive mind of Zimmer, I thought that they were supposed to be like holding opponents to like 20 points. So if like, if you get over 21, you should be winning all those games. So that's what I, I don't understand. Well, look, it's, I mean, they're still coasting on the Mike Zimmer name. I think I don't. Yeah, I don't think these teams are actually defensive anymore. They haven't been defensive for three years. Three years, yeah. Like, but people still keep saying that they're a defensive team. Mm. I mean, they're they're just not. Whatever. All right, let's talk EPL. Uh, two for three last week. Arsenal and Arsenal squeaked one out. Uh, Chelsea actually looked good, taking it to Tottenham. And I don't know what we were thinking. Norwich is a terrible team. They're off. Well, we said if if this is it. This is going to be it. Yeah. So I think I think we've learned that was it. <laughs> uh, I put I put some options here for you. I actually actually did a little bit of did a little bit did of, the research. Did a little bit of thinking on this. Um, I will say a little bit of a tough week. I went with I went in sort of in order. Um, although, so easiest is probably Liverpool. It's probably number one. Liverpool over Brentford, but I'm scared of Brentford. They're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, then the ones that I was I'm actually proposing. Everton facing Norwich. Come on. Leicester facing Burnley seems solid. If you want to be a little risky, Tottenham versus Arsenal. Can Arsenal pull off three in a row? They didn't look that good. And then we mm. got uh, and then we got Watford facing Newcastle. Another slap fight. Can Watford do it twice in a row? <laughs> uh, and then Brighton versus Crystal Palace. And I just don't think Crystal Palace has it. Okay. I want to stay away from Brighton because I don't know. I want to stay away from Brentford because I don't know. Yep. I think Everton, we should we should give it a try. This will be they I think they had the um trip on yourself kind of moment mm-hmm. this week. So hopefully they, they get it get their stuff together. Is this one gonna be in Norwich or is it in It's in Norwich. Yeah. Well who cares? Friendly confines. Leicester, let's let's do it. I know that they have um not Braj might get them back into shape. Two no, two losses in a row. They gotta do it. They gotta yep. come back here. Let's try Watford. Let's I would. I would also accept. I would also accept you saying that Watford Newcastle is going to be a draw. But I. I think Watford can win it. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure. Did, did I miss anything? I think this is it's kind of a hard week. I mean, West Ham Leeds is seems interesting. Leeds just tied against Newcastle, who we think is terrible. I. I could be persuaded. I could be persuaded for West Ham. You want to get back on the hammers? I. I always. I always want to. Let's do it. Let's get back on the hammers. All right. What they do? Oh, they lost to Man U last week. That doesn't count. That's fine. All right. So who should we? We'll replace Watford with West Ham. Yeah. If you want it at the last second, if you want to take it, make make it Watford. We'll see. We'll see what the news. See what the news looks like. We'll see how these. Yeah. See how these things play out. Um. Okay. Well, it's time to prep for the fall writing season. We've been doing some work on the actual development. One of us has been doing more work than the other. I got to get back in the game here. But we can do some writing prep, I think. Uh, looking ahead to Sloan Abstracts, thinking about where else these might go. Just mapping out a few steps here. It's a little bit of game theory about the writing process right now. But I think it's helpful, actually, to frame some of the work. Okay. I wrote a 
draft short Sloan abstract because we could fill this out with anything else we want to. Uh, but I, I didn't want to overpromise because one of Sloan's big things is show us the work you've already done. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't like. We don't, we're not good at. <laughs> I don't know how anybody can be good at it in this thing. This is like, you know, the conference is in six months. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are they doing this to us? <laughs> Why do we have to have the paper written, guys? All right. Why don't we, tell me what you got. What do you have for draft text for a Sloan app? Sure. All right. Here's the title. Modeling draft opponents' behavior with agent-based modeling. Starts and ends with modeling. Needs a little work. But we'll talk about it later. It has all the elements that you need in a title <laughs> based on okay. my, uh, my manual neural net digestion of titles yeah. that have been successful yes <laughs> all right i have a couple points here uh drafting players can be a highly stochastic process where of the thousands of possible paths that a draft might go only one will be realized so what do we do uh that's my it's my takeaway line and then want to introduce mock drafting one standard tool in draft preparation is mock drafting but unfortunately mock drafting commonly either suffers from what i would call bias where one person attempts to act as all positions. This is where you're sitting in front of your computer and you you pretend mm-hmm. like you know how everyone else is going to draft. Or you're prohibited by cost, which is where you've assembled a pool of people to participate in what tends to be a small number of mock drafts. And I I don't know what to call that. I'm open open to some phrasing here. I think that we also need quality, right? We're in one person is testing out theories or one person is um, being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Quality is a good one to put in there. So I, I was trying to, that was the part where I was trying to motivate, you know, why we're doing the mock drafting in, in general. And then I'm going to pivot mm-hmm. to the solution, which is the solution is to automate the mock drafting in such a way that we can use the behavior of multiple participants or we can emulate multiple participants behavior. And our tool uses agent-based modeling to accomplish that goal of automating mock drafting. Yes. All of this is true. (laughs) And now we're going to have two speculative paragraphs. (laughs) Right. Here it is. Here it is, guys. However, emulating human behavior and decision-making is a complex endeavor. Sorry, that part's not speculative. We know that's true. (laughs) Are we sure? (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, you know. Here we go. In this work, we describe an open source framework, buzzword, that uses MLB data as an example case with a specific application for fantasy baseball team assembly. Caveat, one of the most fam- one of the most common forms of everyday drafting. Put a pin in that. I have more thoughts on okay. how we yeah. how we hammer that Fair point enough. home. Uh, Within this framework, a user can tune the draft parameters to match a wide variety of formats, including varying the number of teams and rounds, as well as customizing draft orders. So actually, that's a feature that we need to add, I realized. Because one thing that might be really, one thing that would be really nice, this is like way down the road, but I have a vision for one thing that would be really nice is saying, what happens if I trade up at this spot? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Wow. That's really okay. complex, but that actually might give you extremely rich emergent behavior. Wait, sorry. Let me finish this, and then we'll get into that. Okay, last line. We model agents using a variety of techniques, including sampling from different input ranking systems, players' historical performance, and players' recent performance. The behavior of particular agents in the draft results in emergent behavior, which we study in some depth. Wow. 
talk about not we set it up to knock it down like with a feather (laughs) there's a lot that's wrong here along a lot that's wrong with this here i mean this this abstract is built to okay if you're a sloan judge don't listen to this part this abstract is built to game the system well well, no it yes yes it's it's aimed to game the system it's aimed to be to stand out yeah yes yeah i think i assume that you don't really have well, you have edits for the first two, but the second two points that I put here, I think this is where the meat of the discussion can be based. So I'm curious to yep. know your curious to know your immediate thoughts. Well, number number one, we're we're reigning in the scope, which just seems very not like us. So we're <laughs> we're focusing on the draft piece of it. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on the draft piece, so that's good. Rather than it being roster. Uh, agent-based model for roster construction. This is an agent-based model for drafting. And I think that that's, at first, I was like, no, we want to we want to make this more complicated and do and set, set us up for failure, <laughs> is what then I realized I was going to say. But no, I think that this is right. It's, this is drafting. This is a superior option to mock drafts. This is applicable, therefore, much more directly from fantasy baseball to other applications, which is what we're always searching for. How can we make this? How can we make this more applicable in the sports world at large? So I like that. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was. I mean, I have this one parenthetical statement that this is you know one of the most common forms of everyday drafting is fantasy baseball. But I want to I want to highlight the idea that it's not only that, but also be cognizant of the fact that DraftKings is a major sponsor of Sloan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, who are we selling this tool to? Is this a great way for DraftKings to build new, fancier mock drafts for people? No, I like this. I, I this I think that putting it to draft is right. Yes, we need to work a little bit on the on the title. Well, let's think about that. Those are shower thoughts. Um, Wait, I, I think I, I want to briefly say before you move on that roster construction is the long term goal. Like I yes. think you and I are working on roster construction. But this is this step has to happen before we get to roster construction. Right. We need to invent the hammer and make the hammer before we can pound the nails in to make the house. Bingo. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that it is good to limit the scope to this. Okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. And then so the discussion. I mean, I think this is right. We just need let's get this into a piece of paper and then let's start to hammer through thoughts and, and comments over the week. Okay. How do we actually, how do we distill this into a figure? This, yeah, you're, that's my, what are the next steps? Absolutely. Uh, We need something, we need something arresting that draws people's attention. I don't even know. I mean, this, the problem with this whole project is that it's inherently not figure based. (laughs) Merchant behavior. No, not figure. No. Nothing lends itself well to a figure. It lends itself really well to tables. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, we can put a table in. We can put a table in. I don't the know you, the narrative. I mean, what we what we need is like what we need is a flowchart of what actually happens, but we don't know what happens, so we can't build the flowchart yet. Okay, let's I, I let's think about the figure piece. I mean, I think that's really important. I mean, it could be it could be a interact like a you know what would be an interactive graphic of how you set up the open source framework. Because it depends on how hard we want to push the open source framework, which we know is 
a big piece of Sloan's application. Because if it's open source framework, then you then you have like you know you have like slide you make a visualization that's like slider bars that say you know like how instead of where you're putting in numbers between z weightings between zero and one, you you know you have a slider bar that goes from like extreme recency bias to I only care about what happened last year <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or like a grid where you put different players, you know, you put different well, agents on the grid. Yeah. Wait, wait, it, yeah. Maybe that is the piece. If we have this sort of like a matrix mm -hmm. of like the first round, we can view like it as a matrix of the first round. So then we'd have players, the rankings out to those players and then like a line from the player to the agent that picked it. Ooh, I like that idea. Okay, that's a good idea. So we need a, like an interactive first round, like a, a figure that the figure that encapsulates the first round. Yeah, I looked up the competition. It's the same as always. It's I I didn't learn anything new. Yeah, I didn't learn anything new from looking at the competition. Um, if anything, the names have gotten more buzzwordy. Yep. It seems like there's also the technology path that we're never going to be able to do. What do you mean the technology path? Well, just like the basketball tracking data. Oh, we just don't, I mean, we don't have access to, like, I will say that we could have done the decoding MLB pitch sequencing strategies via directed graph embeddings. Like we, Sounds cool. We basically did that, though, essentially. I mean, model-based clustering Gaussian mixture models. I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff on here that, we've actually done. So we just have to break through on one of these projects. <laughs> I know that's what's really tough, right? Is I, we, we don't know why we're, we don't ever, ever get any feedback about mm. why we're, we're missing it. Yeah. Is it like our conclusions? Is it the applicability? But let's, I mean, I think that we can get the abstract accepted. So let's get the abstract, abstract accepted and then let's figure out ways to get, get, a paper accepted. <laughs> okay, step by step. I think that about brings us to the review session. Jake Cronenworth, All Star Jake Cronenworth. You know, we gotta we gotta give him some respect here this year. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Jake Cronenworth in his second season in the and actually in the MLB, uh, he's played 139 games. He's he's on pace to be one of the most regular performers in the San Diego lineup. Uh. 90 runs, 20 home runs, 64 RBIs. He's got four stolen bases and a 269 average. But what I like about him is how little he looks like he cares when he's in the batter's box. True. He's, yeah. He just like I and he also he also has this what I would consider normally to be a horrific uppercut swing. I mean his he a lot of his swings don't look very good. No, I would agree with they that. They don't. They don't look like they don't look like he's getting a lot of the zone. But whatever is whatever he's doing, it's working because his whiff percentage is extremely good, in the sense that he doesn't whiff a lot. Yeah, he makes some contact. Yeah, he does have that kind of that swing with the follow through. That's like he kind of look like a JA, <laughs> but he he'd like there must be a lot of power behind that. Well, I think the numbers here suggest to me that when he really connects with the ball, it's good. But mm -hmm. he's got a pretty low barrel percentage, low average yeah. exit velocity, really low hard hit. But his max exit velocity is high. I know you watch some, if you hit the show random video, a lot of them it's like 
boing, boing, <laughs> yeah. boing. I don't just like. I don't think that was intentional. Um, but hey, he's he's fast enough right now to get on base. Um, he's got enough power to get it out of the infield. Yeah, sprint speed, 85, 85th percentile. I mean, that's, wow, he's older than I would have thought. He's twenty seven. Took him took him a long time. That's why I highlighted the fact that this is only his second year. I mean, it took him a long time to get to the MLB. And it's funny that he appears on this stacked Padres team. You know, the Padres went yeah. out and bought everybody, and then they got this guy. <laughs> well, I think he was part of uh, part of the intentional. They intentionally added him. But for, to to what purpose? I mean, they. The Padres bought people that should be able to do every role should of his be, do, better. Should be able to do better than what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. But he's doing well. So is this going to be a Paul DeJong kind of thing where this was his year and then he's never going to do it again? Um, that's a good question. I I don't I don't know. Don't know. I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. I mean, he's of average height and weight and age and his production has been Pretty darn good, but most of that is that he shows up in a stacked lineup every day. Yeah, he's better in the first half, too. I mean, I don't think that you look mm-hmm. at this and think that he's a all-star. To say, I do, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You look at his numbers right now and you say, wow, he made the all-star game? Yeah. Um, but then you're like, oh, yeah, well, he had that's because he's cooled off. But he's also being asked to play everywhere. So there's a little bit of strain there. He's played shortstop, he's played second, he's played first. Team of Iron Men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he is the person who is playing most regularly. I, I mean, pretty much on that team. He's play, he's appeared in 139 games. He's got to be on track to appear in almost every game. Yeah. And as we, as we have repeatedly said, <laughs> that's a huge virtue. Yeah. Well, that eligibility is great. That's a great mix because he's corner and middle infield eligible. Mm-hmm. He's... Um, He's again. He's going to be in a stack lineup next year. Oh wow! You know, CBS says he's six one. Um, Stackcast says he's six foot. So good to know. He's. I don't know. He, I mean, he's not. We're, we're not going to be talking about reaching for him, but he's going to be a great player to draft. Or someone's going to grab. You're going to be like waiting and be like, okay, the next tier is right here. I'm going to go grab Jake Cronenworth. Or when he take, goes off the board, it's like, oh crap, I'm going to need to fill. <laughs> first base second base or shortstop yeah with someone i i think i actually think that there's going to be a mental there's going to be an interesting mental valuation if he happens to hit 100 runs because he oh definitely he's got a shot at 100 runs and if he gets to 100 runs i think his value everyone will value him differently than they would have right now yeah yes i agree i agree he's hit too so he's overproduced on his home runs and runs I guess he needs RBIs, underproduced on the stolen bases, and his average is lower. I, I really don't trust that San Diego team to steal bases. Neither do I. No, neither do I. I don't I mean I don't know why that I don't I don't know why they struggle. There's only one person that can steal bases reliably, and that's Tatis. But the whole the whole team should sort of be stealing bases. I mean They should. Yeah. Man, Manny Machado used to steal bases. <laughs> well, don't Manny Machado stopped stealing bases a long time ago. Don't throw that Manny Machado but, stuff. But he shouldn't have, is my point. Like, a bunch of these people... Like, wh- why is Jake Cronenworth not stealing bases? I don't know. Why Why is Tommy Pham not stealing bases? Tommy Pham should be stealing bases. I mean, there's, like... I think that it's... Wow. Jake has fewer than 
Eric Hosmer. It feels like something's up with the with the the coaching strategy on the team. Yeah, I don't like it. Eric Hosmer, five Ooh. on pace for five Ooh. has five. Well, we're we're at the we're at the point where small number statistics. You're <laughs> you're not going to get another one. You know, it'll be weird if he gets to five stolen bases. I I agree with you on the next year valuation. I think he's going to be. Um, and at, he's going to go at an interesting piece of the draft. I mean, he's one of the places where if you can get him late enough, that's a huge advantage. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I mean, we're talking about him in the midst of all these other people that I'm not excited about, but I actually am a little bit excited about Jake Cronenworth. Right. As long as people don't get too hyped up on him, right? That's why, that's why I threw the 100 runs thing out there. If he hits 100 mm-hmm. runs, if he gets to 100 runs... I think it, I think the hype machine might go. I think the hype machine already might go. I think he's going to show up on a lot of sleeper lists. Yes, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying is that I don't I don't want him to show up on a bunch of those lists. I want to grab him. But you got you got to grab him late because this is only his first full season. Yeah. I mean, technically he played full 2020. He played 54 games of 60 in 2020. But Got to be careful. But that's, that also kind of validates why he's having a second half soon. Is that this is the first time he's done it? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I'm, Jake Cronenworth for the first half next year. All right. Well, what's yeah? So what's the where do you, where do you think you draft him? Give me a number. Ooh. Um, or give me a round. Give me a round. Oh, I I mean I'm I'm really happy to get him in the in the tenth, but I don't think he'll make it. I don't think that he would either, but I think that you should be probably pretty happy if you get him in like the eight. I was gonna, say, I, th- I was thinking, you know, inch up nine, pretty happy eight. Eight's probably the right value. Are we thinking in a twelve team or a ten team? I'm thinking ten team here. So in the eighties, you think in the in the eighties that should be a, a decent. Unless the Padres do something crazy in the off season, like demolish their team, but. They won't. I mean, I think the Padres are going to, or the Padres do something like they invest in someone who's going to supplant Jake Cronenworth. <laughs> uh, uh, who would that be? A second baseman who could, well, they, they're, they're a couple out there, right? Yeah. Take the real spot, and then he's really the utility man. Yeah. We don't, I don't want to see him be the real utility man. That was, what I, I see, that was my prescription for Dijon last week, that he should become the utility man. He might actually do better things there. This is not what we want, Jake. We want Jake to be one position, really get comfortable there. Yeah, I that's that's right. I want what I want from Jake is a full is full season performance. All right. So, what do you think that the ADP next year is going to be on him when we get to opening day? What do you think the ADP on Fantasy Pros is going to say for Jake Cronenworth? I I really don't have a good sense, but I think under a hundred. Under hundred. I agreed. Do you think he's going to be under eighty eight? Is that where he's at right now? I have no idea. Oh. I just, I'm just that's the um, number that I'm putting it out there for us to try to. Try to no, I I don't think so. I think there's a lot. I think I think 90s is probably right. You think 90s is probably where he'll end up? Yeah. Okay. What? If, okay. Okay. So 89.5. You take the over. I'll take the over on 89.5. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the under. <laughs> wow. All right. Fair enough. I think it's just a direction. Uh, I mean, I think that's a direction that we're going to see. All right. Who we're going to do next week? We're going to talk about David Fletcher. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. 
Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is horse luck to you, buddy. Horse luck to you, too. Yeah.